Don't rock in the dark. Lighting elevates your band's stage presence to higher levels of professionalism and dynamic energy. Chauve DJ makes powerful entertainment lighting that sets up and tears down quickly and easily. Pack-and-go systems like 4-Bar and Gig-Bar 2 have multiple LED lights on one bar. They're easy to mount and haul with included tripods and bags. Control is easy, too. Chauvet DJ's cutting-edge Bluetooth lighting products produce amazing effects controlled right from a phone or tablet. Don't just rock. Rock the spotlight with Chauvet DJ. Learn more at ChauvetDJ.com. What's up? Homemade florists, this is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more and suck less. Here in Atlanta, Georgia, I am Adam Johnson. And here in Greensboro, North Carolina, I am Dan Ray. How you doing, Dan? Well, I'm not bad. How are you? Uh, it's been a day. It's, it's been a week, actually. <laughs> you know what? Me too. Me too. We usually do this on like a Monday, Tuesday. We're not managing it till Thursday this week. And Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah, and this was like a, I'll squeeze this in around all the other stuff that's going right, on. exactly. Hey, that's show business, you know? Yeah, well, yeah. It is what we, what we're here to do, I guess? I don't know. I suppose. <laughs> yes, it is. So, uh, you want to do a, a gig recap and gig just recap. So, dig let's right see. in? So, uh, last week, Friday, we played at a place called Wi-Fi Wine Bar. Yep. Um, which has both of those things. And uh, it was fun. It's a really fun little, um, you know, it's a wine bar, so which were way more rock and roll than they're used to in there. Indeed. Um, and the people who come out for it, the people who, well, we had the room full of our people, but then the people who would have been there anyway um, totally got up for what we were doing. I mean, <laughs> like, they were game. It was great. Oh, it's great. Um, and it was a really fun night. And, um, and I'll have a little more to say about that when we get into sort of the meat of the meat of the show uh, t- okay. today. But um, uh, that was really fun. And then the second uh, show was back at Tailgaters, which is a place we've been a bunch of times. Um, and uh, it was also a really fun night. The um, um, I would say that attendance was a little off there. We kind of ended playing the last set to ourselves, but yeah. um, but it was all right. One of the one of the things that happened there, <clears throat> there's a place just up the street from there called roadie's tavern okay. that i have been trying to get booked at for two years plus and the woman just does not get back to you and she's never in and she's the wife of the owner right or i guess they're the owners together or something yeah um but you just can't i mean i i if you searched my gmail you'd find a bunch of emails to her that have never been responded to i've been up there and left marketing materials a whole bunch of times i've had friends who waited tables there who's told me they'd talk to them whatever um so one of the things about tailgaters, this place we played, is that it is where local wait staff come to drink after their shift. Yeah, it's an industry. Yeah. Place. So part and part part of that means is your first set is a waste of time. You yeah. almost you almost might start at ten thirty instead of nine thirty. Okay. Um, we don't. We start at nine thirty, but and so we waste our time in the first set. Um, but that night the place was inundated with waitresses from Rody's Tavern. And so we went out and flirted with them, you know, with the wireless mics and, you know, played all their stuff and did all their, mm-hmm. you know, had a, had a good time with them and then loaded them with business cards and marketing stuff. And they nice. loved us and said, oh, we're totally going to get you in here. Barbara's got to sort this out and give you, you know, so we, we left, you know, a small army of employees of this woman to go 
attacker for us. Yeah, so, a little like counterintelligence, yeah, espionage. Yeah, of, something guerrilla guerrilla booking. We'll we'll see if that turns into anything. But um yeah. but it was um it was interesting. It was a fun night. The, the the regulars there are fun and um so it was a good time. Good. How about you? What have you been up to? So we played a um we played a high school reunion uh this past weekend. Um a couple of fun factors. We had uh a new base sub who did a fantastic job uh, and was a total team player. Like everybody who was there was like, oh man, I really like him. Mm. So he's super busy, which is problematic. But I mean, he walked right in with like four days notice and just crushed the whole thing. That's why he's busy. That's right. And then um, I was the only guitar player, which uh, proved to be, you know, I had like four days to prep and I, I put a solid four to six hours into making sure I knew the parts. Um, I think the thing that I didn't quite anticipate was doing both of those, both singing and playing at the same time, uh, definitely ran into, uh, situations during the set where that, uh, became a challenge. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I didn't always rise to that challenge if I'm being perfectly honest, <laughs> Well, but, um, it was, it was a weird night because it was a very large crowd. It was at a, um, a municipal venue. So it was a city hall that has event spaces in it. Interesting. And, um, we immediately, we kind of knew what we were getting into based on the emails we were getting before we started, but, um, we just had problems with the, uh, with the staff of the venue, Hmm. um, just not clear lines of communication on load in and load out and security and all of that stuff. What it, what it felt like is that, you know, they assigned every person in that building with 50 feet of purview and that 50 that 50 feet radius around them is their responsibility but they're all siloed so nobody's talking to anybody else so we were told to load in one place uh and to specifically not load in at the loading dock because it would be too hard and then we went to the place that they suggested and the person was like what do you think you're doing it's like well we were told to do this and they go no you have to go load in in the loading dock and so we get onto the loading dock and the loading dock, you can't load in here. You didn't da 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 da. It's like, well, we were told that if we did this, then we would blah, blah, blah. So it was just like every 50 feet, we ran into another roadblock just to get ourselves in and out of the building. It's, um, it's darkly ironic this was happening at City Hall. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, I, the, the main issue that they have is that it's a brand new facility and it is, in fact, state of the art. It is a gorgeous, gorgeous building. And the, the space that we were in was very, very nice. Um, they just have not gotten the hang of how to run it, especially on a weekend. Mm. You know, we're getting, you know, ancillary staff at best. But, you know, the crowd was there was there was a decent crowd and they were more interested in catching up with each other than they were us. So even with all the hiccups and even with all of the other issues, um, they were perfectly pleased with the situation. Very good. The only person who wasn't pleased was our sound guy, Ben, our fearless leader, Ben, oh. who talks, we talk about all the time. Yeah. You know, you know how some people like say, oh, I can't eat gluten. And they're just saying that. I well, do. I do know people like that. Ben's not one of those people. Oh, when Ben says he can't eat gluten, he's dead serious about it. Right. And when we went out to dinner, something had flour in it and he spent the rest of his night throwing up. Oh. In between mixing us. So he had a less than stellar evening. But was still a pro about it. Absolutely. Yeah. As, as professional as you can be uh, throwing your guts up. I love Ben. I need to find a Ben. Everybody needs a Ben. 
and he loves he loves when I talk about him, even when it's embarrassing. Because <laughs> I'm sure he just does. Yeah. Very good. <sighs> Go Ben. So yeah, that's where I was drinking some beer because, like I said, it's been a week. Very nice. I got a uh, nice little uh, Merlot happening here. Uh, I, I, I'm drinking a Miller Lite Tall Boy. Mm. It's so low class right now. You know what? Sometimes it's like that. I had fancy beer and I drank it all already. Um, I had some of that that uh, that brute IPA that we were talking about with right. uh, with Mike from it's the tough. Tornadoes. Yep. I actually sent him a, a text. I was like, "There it is." He's like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "Oh, it's my kid's birthday party." <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> and that's just the way it goes sometimes. Anywho, um, this week I've got a church gig. And uh, I had forgotten that they confirmed the song list on Tuesday, and I only looked at it today. Um, there's four songs, and I know three of them already, but like one song's in A, the next song's in B, the other, then one after that is in A, and then the last one is in B flat. So there's not, <laughs> there's not really like any way to get like settled in a particular like spot. Um, I'll, I'll, it'll keep me on my toes. Sure. But the cool thing is, is that our main bass player, Mike, who normally plays the members only, is actually playing with me on Sunday. So that'll be fun. Fun. Very good. Someone to commiserate with. Very good. Well, I got um, Friday night, tomorrow, uh, we're playing a new venue called um, Lucky's Burger and Tap. I like these places, this. these places that do what they say, you know? Yeah. Burger and Tap, um, which is apparently a, a bumping little spot. It's in um, Ashboro, which is about half an hour south of Greensboro. Okay. Um, so it's kind of a hall. I mean, not bad, but it's out of town. Sure. Um, but, I mean, every video I see from there is um, the place is packed and jumping and so... It seems like a lot of fun. They have um, they have house sound, uh, but the guy who runs it is going to be out, so I'm going to be probably feeding their mains off of my rig. Um, Smart, just because it's easier to, easier to travel with. Yep. Um, and then the speaking fall- of rigs, I, I got my I got my rig up. Oh yeah, good. Yeah, I posted that a little earlier. I haven't really had a chance to mess with it much, but it's it's in a rack and it's functional. Sweet, sweet. Then Saturday, um, oh, so I got this regular who comes out to the acoustic um, trivia things I do. Yep. Um, who hired me to do the trivia at her friend's birthday party. Nice. On Saturday, so I'm doing a private acoustic trivia on Saturday. So that'll be fun. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, uh, for all of you out there in um, Podcastopolis, huh? I hope that your gigs go good this weekend. Pods, <laughs> what, whatever. Yeah. Pod, Podville. No, that's where that's where people in the nineties, yeah, pod, who worked for pod, Line Six lived in Podville. Podville, Podville, where all the pod people live. No, I like Pods, I like Podsylvania. <laughs> Podsylvania. I like just Opolis at the end of anything. Just sounds official. Yeah, and old timey. It does. Anywho, so um, we have been busy. We've been, you know putting some work in on the book and uh, fielding questions in the group. But I think we both have a couple things that we just want to like talk about yeah. some stuff. Yeah. Why don't you go first? Um, so this is more of just like a mini rant. Um, it's something that kind of popped up today and, and we've talked about it before, but I just think it bears repeating. Um, so I've been really active on LinkedIn recently um, just because there's a number of factors, but there, as far as like organic reach, it's, it's one of the main, um, 
I guess, social media networks that is still like legit organic reach when something gets posted. Um, and we do enough business related slash entrepreneurial small business stuff that I feel like some of the content that we create is, is valid there, but there's a certain smarminess in LinkedIn that I just don't care for. Um, and one of the things that like happens a lot is someone will like give you like a full court press when they're trying to connect with you. And it's like a person you don't even know walking up to you and going, what can you do for me? You know, they're selling something or they're in real estate or whatever. And, um, I just finally, like I hit my breaking point, I actually like completely like chewed out a stranger over LinkedIn messages that what they were doing is not cool and they should rethink their, uh, their marketing strategy on LinkedIn. Um, cause I, I just don't, you know, we, we've been kind of getting to this, uh, for, for a little bit, but like you, if you are trying to make a good first impression as a business owner, um, you need to, the first thing you need to do is you need to provide value for the other person. And you need to make sure that what you are offering is valuable to them. Um, if you're not doing that, then you're doing it wrong. You know, we, we've been kind of talking about the, you know, a band earns this, whether they're worth it or not. But like we, you have to provide some kind of value and you should posture yourself in a way that makes you a partner and not just a, you know, this is what I do. Deal with it. Kind of, you know, mentality. Yeah. I'm great. Hire me. Yeah, basically. So yeah, I, I just had a very <laughs> heated, uh, discussion with some stranger on, uh, on LinkedIn over the fact that they were being a jerk and not, you know, he's like, I want to, I want to talk to you about your real estate goals. I was like, I don't have real estate goals, dude. Like, what do you want? He didn't have a follow up to that. <laughs> Well, I don't think it's just a LinkedIn thing, although I certainly do know that phenomenon you're talking about. Now, do you have do you have do you have a band presence on LinkedIn? No, I'm I'm me, yeah. but I'm me as the um podcaster for this podcast and as the owner of the agency that I run. Okay, interesting. I'm I'm on LinkedIn as my job, my sure. day day gig. And I hadn't really thought about using it. Have you gotten value out of it as a band? runner business person um so i'm i'm doing things from a slightly different angle i the thing that i talk the, the most about on linkedin is content creation and curation and small business ownership type mm. stuff because all that stuff like the the things that we talk about in this podcast are universal to a degree sure it's not just you know what we're saying isn't just relevant to musicians um, anybody who's trying to do any sort of uh, creative venture or kind of go out on their own, the the core principles of what we are talking about are are universal. And that's kind of the stuff that I talk about. But also, it's a place for me to talk about, you know, ATL Party Bands booked at this event at this venue. The other thing that I'm doing is I'm blogging on the agency website, um, mainly for SEO purposes. Right. Because every time you add something, you know, it... it puts more information into the crawlers and um you can you can write insane sentences in um like search engine uh summaries for your for these blog articles and um it it kind of just it's it's like death by a thousand cuts and you kind of slowly work your way up the optimization chain so i'm posting those and i'm posting just kind of like creative incentive type articles and things that aren't necessarily 
um, aren't necessarily band related, but still, I would say relevant or universal. So that's what I'm doing primarily. Okay. And is it, um, I mean, have you connected with anything valuable there? Yeah. So, um, I've, I've connected with some people because I, I do, I do network with musicians in the, um, in the groups mm-hmm. and there's a, there's a marketing, uh, there's, there's an Atlanta marketing group that has a bunch of like creative professionals and people who work in marketing who are looking for things. So sometimes they need, uh, they need something for a party or they need promo material or something. Um, <clears throat> so there, there's kind of creative ways of like making connections with people. Um, and then just kind of out of the blue through some of the networking that I've done, um, my tech consulting firm has gotten some cool referrals because they know me via the marketing group. Okay. So it's, it's, I've yet to see a downside to doing it. Fair. Well, other than it's just people coming up to hustle you. Right. But they're going to do that whether, you know. Oh, that's true. No, listen, that happens on Facebook all the time too. Yeah. You know, I saw, um, man, I saw a Facebook ad that got my attention today. It was for a, like a, like a party laser light fixture thing that, and their video was like eye popping. It was really impressive. Um, and it said it was $35. And I was like, it's not what you're seeing on that screen is not any $35 laser fixture. And, you know, but you know, so I had the moment of like, I am clearly being lied to right now. This ad is certainly not, you know, depicting the product that is for sale. You know, you come across that all the time. Fake news on all of the networks, both uh, no. you know, political and, uh, and, and commercial is, uh, you just have to know. You just have to know what's there. I don't believe it. Well, you don't have to, but it's there. I don't. All right. <laughs> <laughs> see, I've learned not to even engage. Yeah, see? Yeah. This is the era we live in. You yeah. just, people just say whatever I, they're going to say. You're like, it. oh, okay, fine. Uh, that's, yeah. That's like huh. your opinion, man. <laughs> it's like a beverage involved here, man. Be careful. That's two uh, episodes in a row we've had a Lebowski reference. I'm just, for it. Just FYI. We need to do, yeah, it needs to be constant. I guess. Coitus? No. No. No? <laughs> no. <laughs> you can't do any Bunny Lebowski quotes. There's only like three and they're all terrible. Yeah, we can't do them. We're trying to hit the button. I think coitus probably is fine for the family-friendly button. because no. I think so. But uh, it's a, Over it's the a, head most. Yeah, it's a medical term. Indeed. Yeah. All right, so, is, is that, so is that rant complete? Yeah, basically. Just like... Don't be a jerk. Don't be a jerk. Provide value. Partner. Create relationships. You know, social greediness is almost never a good look. Yeah, I mean, that th- that's really what it is. It's just, it's a narcissistic kind of mindset. Yeah. Like what, because it is, and, and, and we all know, there are, we all know those musicians, the what can you do for me guys. Totally. There's one in every, there's, there, well, there's more than one. There's lots of them. But every time, you know, you run into those guys, they just, they don't offer any, they don't have anything to offer other than themselves. And sometimes themselves is enough. And a lot of times it's not. Yep. Yep. Now, conversely, we all know the opposite guy, the guy who, um, let me tell you about, there's a, there's a dude in my scene here, um, named James Vincent, James Vincent Carroll. I've talked to him about coming on the podcast and he's, he, he's interested. Um, and he mostly is a solo guy. Um, but his branding is so strong. Like he has, um, just under his own name. Um, he has a wrap on his truck. He has, uh, you know, shirts and merch and stuff. He's got banners with his own name. It's like James Vincent Carroll, JVC. You know, it's like 
that's who that dude is. But um, if you are a local player and you're at a place where he's playing, you can totally come up and do a couple of songs with him. He's absolutely all about that happening. Um, he just started a Facebook group that's like private for musicians, no marketing, just us being a community. He's putting together like get-togethers on Monday nights when people aren't gigging that are like not performances, just like social and networking, but low key. And, um, I just love what he's doing to contribute to the scene. I, I really would like to have him on to talk about that. I'll probably see if I can hook that up in the next few weeks. Yeah. I mean, we, we have just generally found that like the more generosity is it comes back to you. It does. And it's, it's, I mean, that's why we're, we, we're doing this. We want to be generous with our, our time and our knowledge, um, to help people. That's right. And to, you know, and we we do get stuff out of this. We learn stuff all the time. Well, that and, we didn't know before. And now this. Chauvet DJ is the brand of entertainment lighting that literally puts your band in the spotlight. Your band stage presence and image are critical to your success. Chauvet DJ lighting can add visual energy to attract crowds and set your band apart from the competition. Adding lighting to your gigs not only helps the audience see who's rocking, but bands who have even basic lighting have been perceived to actually sound better. Chauvet DJ makes lighting easy, with systems that can be set up and torn down in a matter of seconds. From subtle color washes and fades to high-energy strobes and chases, Chauvet DJ makes lighting control just as easy. Chauvet DJ's LED products have multiple control options, including auto programs and sound activation modes, wireless foot switches, perfect for guitarists, and remote control options. Chauvet DJ's innovative Bluetooth wireless technology lighting products can be controlled right from a phone or tablet with no additional hardware needed using the free BT Air app available for both Apple and Android devices. Chauvet DJ Gear also has conventional DMX inputs and outputs for more advanced programming options. Learn more at ChauvetDJ.com. Don't just rock. Rock in the spotlight with Chauvet DJ. Okay, we're back. See, we get paid a little bit. Yes. For doing we are this. almost breaking even. Yeah, no, we're not. But still, well, I mean, we, our costs were pretty low. Yeah, until until whenever this thing renews that I paid for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's gonna be expensive. But we got a year. It'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. Yeah. Point is, you know, the more you can provide, the more you can give away, the more you can offer. Um, you know, even if it didn't come back to you in exactly, you know, um line item cancelable forms, uh, the life you get to live when that's your orientation is just so much better than when you're scrapping and wanting and taking and that's your organization around life. It's Again, dude, abundance mindset. To, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It just, yeah, it comes back to you, whether you believe it or not. Yeah. So yeah, that's my... That's my uh, my spiel All right, for the moment. For, you ready for mine? Dude. Because it's the polar opposite of yours. Good. But, but they still kind of shake hands and agree at a certain point. Okay. Um, so we got done playing at Wi-Fi Wine Bar and had a blast. Had a blast. You know, the the, the bartender loved us, came up and took a bunch of video and posted it. And um, it was just a fun – it was a fun night with not – a huge number of people there but you know a bunch of the people who would have been there already and were kind of there to hear whatever the music was came up and bought shirts um we'll talk at some point about the um the numbers i'm tracking on my pay whatever you want shirt model but the short version is that's really working good um it's kind of a weird setup physically the 
stage is sort of off in the corner of the room and, um, and it's, it's kind of a hard room to play acoustically. Uh, and the pay there for a four piece band for, well, for any size group for a four piece band, it's 250 bucks. And so when we got done there and didn't, you know, the, the guy who books was not in and we never saw him that night. Um, and the band was like, oh, we got to get back in here. I kind of thought, well, I mean, this was fun. I'm glad it, I'm glad to have done it. But do we, do we need to get back in here? Yeah. And it sort of led me to think about, um, I think there comes a point in the growth of a band and the evolution of a band where um, you get to have some standards about what you say yes to. And you get to say no to some stuff. Yeah. And, and it's, I'll tell you, no is a, uh, an extremely powerful and extremely underused word. Uh, because what no does is it draws a line about what you are. Um, it draws a line about who you are and about what you're willing to do. And it's, um, until you have some, courage and some freedom around saying no, you really are, um, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle and you're going to suffer. Now there comes, you know, there is a point early on getting the momentum up, getting your name out where you just got to say yes to everything, even though it sucks. But at some point, the ability to say no to stuff is, um, just incredibly valuable. And I think a lot of people are very, weird about saying no. I think that's hard for people. I think they don't like to say, yeah, you know, they don't say no to favors, you know, and then they're, and then they're obliged to having to yeah. something that they didn't ever really want to do. And they resent it and they regret it. And it impacts the relationship that, you know, with the person they're doing the favor for. And, and, um, you know, it leads us to spending energy on things that just aren't right for us. And, um, agreed, you know, so I think that there's, I think there's, there's a lot of forms of that. You know, one form that you've talked about is how you have essentially a minimum price for a gig that you just won't go out for less than. Yep. Um, I haven't set that as like a dollar figure, like a real basement. And, And then is that, I mean, surely there are, mitigating factors to that it's negotiable to some extent right a hundred percent there 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 are always we know what we want to make per man and there's a little bit of wiggle room there and i am also as a business owner willing to compromise further um to do something that may not be lucrative on my end that could be lucrative for the business long term sure um by taking a, a personal hit meaning that like i will pay my guys and not take a paycheck if I think that an event would be cool enough um, or might garner enough business for us to um, do more things in the future. So, and and the beauty about saying no is that it it doesn't it doesn't it actually doesn't make you less busy or 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 trap you um, in the way that some people might think it does. I think what it really does is it gives you the ability to say yes to more things. Um, well, the right things. Exactly. Yeah. You know, when the answer is always yes, then the answer can't be no. But if the answer is sometimes no, then you can say yes to kind of unique 
opportunities that wouldn't necessarily come to you. And it might mean that you kind of have to, you know, you, you, you may not get what you want short term, um, but you do have to look at these things um, further than three to six months out ahead. You need to be looking two, three, five years down the road. Sure. And what saying yes to certain things means and also what the potential benefit of saying no to something could mean in that time frame as well. Well, and also looking back at the decisions you've made about your brand and who you are and what you stand for. You know, if something's just not a fit for that, saying no to it's right. Saying no yep. to it is the right thing to do. You know, and, and it's not always about money and it's not always about, um, you know, <laughs> I learned in the first year of this band that we're not a, um, uh, we're a dance party band, but around here in North Carolina, what some people mean by that is beach music. Right. And we're not that. And I learned to ask about that and to say no to a beach music show because that's not us. Um, I learned that the really, really hard way. Um, uh, I think we've talked about that gig. It was a gig from heck. <laughs> I'm sure I've told that story on the podcast. We, yeah. We need to do it again, though. Um, but, you know, there are other reasons why I might say no. You know, if, it, if the show was a late night and a load in up three flights of stairs, I might very well say, you know what? I don't need to do that again. Yeah, and and it it also like that's the other thing that people need to to be aware of um is that you don't have to, like just because you say yes to something once doesn't mean you have to say yes every time. Sure. So I I use I use the Wild Wing example. Um do you guys have Wild Wing cafes up there? I mean, I know the concept. Yeah, I mean, so in in our area they're prevalent and they are a venue um, of significance where people, you know, play live music. Yeah, ours don't really um, have music. I, I, don't, I don't think right. it's quite the same thing. So for us, it was a matter of we wanted to get a couple of gigs in, and so we took a lower payday uh, just to kind of get our foot in the door. And we went in there and we crushed. Like, mm. we gave them, you know, a $3,000 show for significantly less, and they were blown away, and they wanted they wanted it again. And I said, that's fine. You know, we wanted to, you know, foster a relationship with you guys, but – Saying yes to you means I need to say no to more money. So in order to make this worth our while, I need to make X amount of dollars. Mm -hmm. And they came back to me and they said, uh, we can't do that. And I said, okay, uh, I totally understand your, um, your, your situation. And I hope you understand ours. And, um, if that situation ever changes, uh, we'd, we'd love to work with you guys again. Best of luck to you. Talk soon. Yep. And, and left it at that. That was it. Um, and then six weeks, no, nah, no, nah, it was more than that. I lied. So like six months later, they, they hit us up and they were like, Hey, we can do this. And we played there two or three more times. And then it just kind of got to the point where it, there were other mitigating factors where, you know, if we really needed, like if we, if we had a light month, uh, we, we might put something on the books there, but it's just one of those things that isn't worth our time right now. For this particular band. That being said, you know, I've got two other groups that are in the process of being, you know, spun up and, you know, we will probably be putting those groups into those venues just to kind of build a following and sure. do all the organic growth stuff. Absolutely. No, your standards change as the situation for your band changes. Right. No question. And so, you know, members only is at a certain level where they, we don't have to do those dates if we don't want to, but can if we choose to. Yep. 
And it's a nice place to be because if you're at the mercy of these people, then you tend to resent them. But in, in our case, they are a, um, they're a strategic partner that we can leverage when we, when we want to. Yes, exactly right. I like, I like, um, at the mercy. That's the right, um, that's the right thing. Although, although in, I mean, in my experience in those times when I felt like I had no room to say no, I was only at my own mercy. It was my own pressure about that. No, you know, people were just offering what they were offering. Right. I could have, I could have said whatever I said, you know, but for me, it was like, oh God, we can't say no to this. It's kind of a crappy deal, but I'll get it. You know, and then I could put a happy spin on it, right? And get our name out there and, you know, even though, whatever, rarely did. Um, um, I think mostly saying no and having standards for yourself, I think largely that is a function of courage. I think there's maybe not a lot more to it. Um, you can call it courage. You can call it arrogance. You can. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> either way, either way, you know, I just, I just, I know folks who are, um, particularly people who are, um, solo artists who are doing it for a living. Yep. Who, um, can get to feel very trapped by the demands of that lifestyle and what that, um, what that takes, you know, it takes a lot. Yeah. I mean, you know, you see these people playing every night, like Sam Swanson's playing every night. Yeah. It's a volume game for sure. It's absolutely. Absolutely. Cause <laughs> there's no, there's no big payday in it. I mean, um, this private I'm playing Saturday is probably the biggest payday solo I'll, I'll have all year. Um, solo acoustic privates are pretty rare. They're not, they're pretty prevalent where in, in my area. Are town. they? Um, yeah. I should, uh, I should find out more about that. And there's kind of a yeah, and the pricing is better. You know, oh, yeah. you're gonna make you're gonna make at least double. Oh, easy. Yeah, I'm making triple. Yeah, for sure. Um. So, and I'm playing for people who know what the show is and have yep. demonstrated themselves to be super duper into it. So it's yeah. gonna, it's gonna be a great time. Yeah. Um. That was a no brainer. Say yes. But you know there there may be things that are you know a corporate gig that you can't get behind or uh you know some some I don't know uh, you know uh, maybe the client is uh distasteful in some political way or something I, I don't know I don't know but something that's just against your something you know traditional moral code uh, of some kind or, or non traditional moral code or whatever it yeah. is you know um but I just want to encourage people to um dig deep and come up with the wherewithal to really free yourself from the trap called I have to say yes to everything. Yeah. Because you don't. You don't. And and it's um it gets you into some really unfortunate positions to feel like you do. And and, and you know each of these things where we're talking about like embracing no or, or saying yes, it, it's a case by case situation. Sure. You know, there are times when when you you will take a hit just to kind of get your foot in the door. That's perfectly acceptable to do that. But just know Know that it's strategic and know that you, it's not where you, it's not, your, it's not the destination. Yeah. And have it be it's a just choice. A, have it be yeah. a choice rather than like, oh, I got to do this because otherwise I'm going to lose some opportunity and it's going to all, you know. Right. Like for me, it, it, like when, when I started getting offers for church gigs, I was taking them just to take them because I wanted to, I wanted people to think of me when they needed that kind of work done. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, it wasn't good timing or the, you know, I shouldn't have done, 
you know, I had like three gigs in one weekend and, you know, loadout for one gig was on Saturday was like 3 a.m. And then I had to be back <laughs> at like 6 a.m., right. like that kind of stuff. And I shouldn't have taken those and I should be able to say no. And, you know, five, ten years ago, I could, I, I, I didn't feel like I could do that. But now, you know, if something pops up and it's not worth it, you know, I'm, I'm just going to let it go. There's a Disney song about that. Yeah. I think they're coming out with a new version. There'll be a new. They are. They are. There's one called Say Yes Sometimes. Say Yes Sometimes. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Let it snow. I don't know. Something like that. Anyway, that's that's the extent of my rant. Go, feel, super- go have the freedom to say no. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, we um, I've got a couple of cool things to kind of sort out. I think I've got an interview that I'm trying to schedule um, that I'm not quite ready to talk about yet, but I think will be very interesting. I think we, you know, we we talk a lot about the, the specific world of cover band musicians playing events and clubs, but I think we're kind of leaving out a, a big chunk hmm. of like ways that people can make money in like being musicians. Okay. And um, I've got a friend who has taken a very interesting approach to that and um, has become very in demand in his little like specialty world. Cool. Um, And I think most people, when I, whenever that does happen, will know who I'm talking about and will recognize him pretty much immediately. But um, I think, you know, we're, we're always looking for opportunities to kind of share our knowledge with other groups of people. And I think that, um, you know, cover band guys are one thing, but like talking about, you know, side men who play for, you know, national artists, they're, they're kind of in the same boat that we are to it, to a degree. Yeah, and they're, then they're playing covers. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, there's, there are these bedroom musicians who are doing like YouTube covers and stuff like that's still a way yeah. to make money. Yeah. So I think we will be delving into I'll that. You, I'm super interested in, in that. I saw a guy streaming um, guitar and vocals on top of tracks mm-hmm. on, and it had to be Twitch or something, but he had like um, live chat going and a live um, donation counter going and then like a set list that it was ticking through as he played, you know, all in streaming overlays. Yeah. And uh, it was really cool. It was really, and he had a bunch of people streaming him, you yeah. know, uh, and donating. I mean, it was really, it was really neat. For sure. So something to talk about. Looking forward to in the future. Very good. We also will have, um, probably we'll have a new sponsor starting next week. So cool beans. All right, man. Well, if that's the case, that will do it for us from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm Adam Johnson from Greensboro, North Carolina, Dan Ray. You've been listening to the cover band confidential podcast episode. I think 65, 65. It is 65. Have a great week. <laughs>